0: So, Wednesday, you and I, since we're kind of talking about sex all the time. Constantly. People send us vibrators and they send us sex toys and they send us all kinds of goodies, which are amazing. What a job. Could be worse. (laughs) But… The truth of the matter is you have your favorites.
1: We all have our favorites. Mine is a vibrator
0: called Girl's Best Friend from from Sweet Vibrations. Yep. And mine is the Tulips, which I've talked about before from Sweet Vibrations. What's not to like? The
1: variety, the bright colors, they're pretty, they're fun and beautiful and waterproof and rechargeable, and they're all under
0: $50. Yes. I mean, they're affordable and it's so much fun. So you guys… Check out Sweet Vibrations for a real good time. You can look them up on Instagram at Sweet Vibrations or check them out at sweetvibes.toys. And at checkout, use our promo code for 15% off. It's wild love. That's right. And
1: you're going to save a pretty penny. Mm -hmm. With which you can buy another one. (laughs) Exactly. Have you ever met a goddess in real life? Because we did, when we interviewed Regina Thomas Hauser, also known as Mama Gina, she is in and of herself a revolution. She's an icon, she's a teacher, she's an author, she's a mommy, and she founded the School of Womanly Arts and told us all about it.
0: Yes, super interesting. I can't wait to be a part of the School of Womanly Arts now, (laughs) and I feel like most of you guys are going to feel the same way. So enjoy Mama Gina. And so we're
1: sitting here right now with a the goddess. There is a goddess you 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 say
0: that, you crazy girl,
1: but it's actually three. Oh, three ooh, I'm sorry. goddesses. I like that there are three reframe. Goddesses okay, at the here table. we sit. Three goddesses at <laughs> a table. At three three goddesses walk into a hotel room. <laughs> what happens next? <laughs> Mama Gina, we are so honored that you are here. And we can't wait for you to just share your wisdom with us and with our listeners. This is a woman who brought the word pussy power into the mainstream, established the School of Womanly Arts, Mm -hmm. and is changing women's lives and men's lives every day, and she's right
2: here. I'm sitting right here. With us. I'm so honored to be with you both. Gosh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for all this that you're launching it's All beautiful. Right, thank
0: you. And she could be laying in bed reading magazines, but she's here with us. She's smack in the middle of her A mas- Whitney Wednesday yeah, she's, sandwich.
1: She's in a Whitney <laughs> Wednesday sandwich right now. And that's a good place to be, we hope. Totally. And, and she's also right in the middle of her mastery series, yeah. where she connects with basically almost a thousand women and gets in front of them and puts her energy and knowledge there.
0: Wow. sounds amazing. I know. I want to hear all about this.
1: Yeah, I get
2: a lot back too. Can it's both ways? Can we start? (laughs) Always has to be both ways.
1: It always has to be both ways because Gina gets up and she goes like this with the audience. (laughs) And I did you come to one of the events? No, I didn't. But I've seen videos. I really wanted to come, Um, but you can't if you can't see what I'm doing. Gina gets up on the stage. Mama Gina gets up on the stage, and she sort of is does this gesture that I thought was just dancing, but then I realized it's almost like you're pulling energy from the women in the audience. What is that gesture that you do?
2: I don't even think I do that. I I think <laughs> okay, I'm you know it's not oh. like it's not like an incantation or casting a spell. It's it's a, just about opening a door, opening a portal, opening a paradigm for women who choose to step into to kind of disconnect them from the patriarchal world culture which devalues and dishonors uh, and and does not appreciate women and uh, opens another doorway where a woman can, rather than connect with her self-doubt or self-criticism or self-hate, she can choose to full-on love herself for absolutely no reason except she's glorious and fantastic and she's hot and she's irresistible but we don't know that living in this culture so Mm. i just provide an environment a portal a playground for a woman who wants to just rise just for the fuck of it do just that.
1: rise for the fuck of it. Yeah. Hashtag rise for the fuck of we it. New t-shirt. Yeah, exactly. We need a t-shirt that says that. I All agree. right. Tell <laughs> us about the school of womanly arts because you manifested it. Yeah, completely. You just Made it happen. Can you tell us the story uh, and your story a
2: little bit? I would say. I mean, I'm a d- definitely a mission driven driven person, which I know you are both as well. In each our own ways, <laughs> you know, we have something calling us in this world that we are choosing to step into, which is an an opportunity. It's a really fun way to live. So when my daughter was born, I had been teaching classes in relationships and communication and kind of finding my way. But when my daughter was born, something galvanized inside me because having a baby girl... I felt so much responsibility for the women of today, for the girls, the, the like the women of tomorrow. And mm. what was I doing to create a place where she could live her fullness and her power and her magic? Because the world doesn't understand women and doesn't honor women, doesn't value women. So I knew she was gonna, like all women, have a tough row to hoe. So I, I thought, you know, I, I have to create a school where women can have a place to source their power, and it's there's so much power available when a woman connects to her source energy, her pussy, her sacred sensual. And so I thought, you know what I'll do? I'll start a school in my house, and I had just become I a mean, mama.
1: <laughs> she had a baby. Yeah. She's sitting there. And were you single at the time? No, you... I was married.
2: Okay. And but you know how that is when you have babies, like yeah. you are desperate, and you don't know how to nurse. <laughs> yeah, and you're holding this little thing, and so I would like turn on the TV just to like make the pain not, you know, because in the beginning, yeah. the first six weeks is like you're trying to get you, you know, your 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 boobies are trying to get used to the whole situation. Yeah, just
0: because they're so swollen.
2: Because yeah, like suddenly yeah. they're. Uh, you, you know, instead of just being attractive objects on your chest, they have become like a 24-hour bar and grill for <laughs> this it. little human being. and The milk it, bar. Welcome yeah. to the milk bar. Um, and yeah. so you, and and it's sometimes it's, you know, and, and it's all, they're also really sensitive when a baby starts talking. So I turn on the TV and I saw this incredible movie called Dangerous Beauty, which I recommend. And it was a courtesan played by Jacqueline Bissett teaching her daughter... Catherine McCormick, and there was a scene where she was teaching her and she said these words, if you want to give pleasure, you must know pleasure. Mm. Right? Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. That is the total thing. Like women have been taught to take care of their husbands, their kids, their families, their bosses. You never think twice about working late.
0: It's always like external, right? Exactly. How can I take care of the world around me?
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. That is so like total – that is the point. And so here was a woman who was teaching her daughter how to flip that switch. And I'd had a lot of sensual training by this point. And I was like, that is what I must do is start a school to teach a woman how to – to connect with her own pleasure. And that's, and I started with like 10 women in my living room.
1: Okay. Can wow. we just take a beat here? You were holding a baby mm-hmm. and you had the presence of mind. <laughs> I don't think I had a single thought about pleasure for like three years when I had kids. <laughs> I just want to honor that you did that.
2: You know, I felt like, I, I'm sure this happened <laughs> to you, where you feel so connected to, like, the people that made you possible. Like, instead of just, like, hating my parents, which most of us do, like, in our 20s and (laughs) feeling like, ooh, who are these people that, you know, whatever, I started to feel unbelievable gratitude. I was like, I'm so grateful to, like, my grandmother and my great-grandmother, like, all these people did this thing of giving life. Like, I felt like, whoa. And that created room for something else to happen. Right.
1: And here you are holding a baby, watching a movie about a courtesan, (laughs) and you have your moment of inspiration that sets you on a course. Mm -hmm. I've never heard a story like that. (laughs) And then
0: you go – so you go from 10 people in your living room to thousands now, right? Yeah.
2: I have done that. I've done that thing. I've pulled off that caper, and I'm really, really proud of it. Yeah. Because it's – you know – women have been taught like that the most offensive scary part of their body is their pussy like oh we don't we don't even in our culture we don't even have a name for the part of our body that is the uh you know most essential area of our feminine like that's essentially woman and when i you know, to teach, I'll say to my students, like, what did your bits and pieces get called? And oh, I get the craziest name. <laughs>
1: like, what? Give me yeah, a Yeah, oh, please. I mean, <laughs> I've
2: heard a few. Right. Like, Kitty, Kanish, um, Walter Winchell.
1: Walter, Walter Winchell. <laughs> okay. uh, we have a winner. Yeah. The weirdest one.
2: Uh, front Bottom. Uh, front Bottom. Pookie. Uh, and But the worst thing is that um, more than half of them, there's no name for that part there's of their There's not even a
1: word for not that. Not even a
2: word. No. Now, can you imagine going through life without a word for that which is most essentially feminine about you? What happens is you recognize on some level... There's something to be ashamed of, right? Because it can't even be named.
1: Mm -hmm. It It cannot be named. It it has to to be be separate from me.
0: me. Yeah, Yeah.
2: and uh, (laughs) and when and because we don't have a way to identify our feminine brilliance, genius, and power, shame moves into the station, and then a woman starts to feel there's something wrong with me because I teach a class for men too. When I say to the guys, like what did your parts get called? They say, penis, what's your problem? What's,
1: yeah, we have a like, word for that. Like it's mm-hmm. no big deal. Clearly.
2: Like, <laughs> clearly. Called a penis. Right. <laughs> I mean, what did your parts get called when you were little?
0: I think they were just private parts. And then I remember the big word in high school was like coochie. Oh wow.
2: Right. Private You're parts coochie. and coochie. So My, that's yeah.
0: and yours My
1: mom was a feminist and still is. And so we used all the proper body parts.
2: So vulva and vagina. That's amazing. That is mm-hmm. amazing. That I don't think I've heard that Please. from anybody. I have never heard that from anybody. Uh-huh. Because like the most advanced most Go people on. get is vagina, which is actually incorrect.
1: Right. The vulva because and Because the, the vulva the clitoris, is the
2: exterior but... genitalia. You know, it would be the same thing as if it was a guy and they called their penis a scrotum. Like it just yeah, doesn't it really make sense. sense. So we grow up with a lot of lack of sense being made. Of the seed of our feminine power, which is extremely confusing. For and us. how are
1: you supposed to learn to masturbate if nobody will even name this thing? And we know that when women masturbate, they are when they learn how to pleasure themselves. This is one thing I learned from you and your expertise that they just enjoy sex more throughout their yeah. lifetime. So we're not naming it, feeling bad about touching it.
2: Yeah, exactly. And then
1: you got in there with the school of womanly arts and you said, "I'm." Turning this around
2: for my daughter. Exactly. So yeah. that
1: was was that in nineteen ninety-six that you uh, had... she
2: was born in ninety-seven, so I started the school in ninety-eight. And it was ten
1: was women yeah. in a brownstone. Yes. And now it's
2: Well, uh, I do events at the Javits once a year that are about twenty four hundred women. Uh and so incredible. And mastery is nine hundred women. Uh so it's grown considerably.
0: It sounds like it. I want to go back to the shame part because Let's this back to the is so huge for so many women. And it's something that I constantly talk about with my girlfriends. Mm-hmm. What What are some practices or what are some things that you do in your courses to mitigate or transcend that shame?
2: Mm. Yeah, it's a really, really important thing to transcend because when, uh, you know, When shame exists on that level, like that core level, it doesn't matter for a woman how accomplished she is, like how many degrees from Harvard or Columbia she has. She's still going to have a lid on her potential because she's not feeling right about her body. Like my daughter was telling me that all of her friends, she's uh, in college... And she was saying that her girlfriends are talking about getting um, surgery, plastic surgery on their pussies. For what? To make their lips look more perfect. No. And more, you
0: guys, please don't get plastic surgery on your vaginas or your vulvas or yeah, your it's, lips or anything. Like, leave it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's, beautiful. it's I, a part of you. It's like, uh no, this can't be happening.
2: Yeah. And it's it's really widespread and growing. Just like other plastic surgeries. So let's say- um, labioplasty. Labioplasty. Because so. there has
1: to be a niche for it. Right. It happens so much that there's now a niche of plastic surgeons doing it. Right. I and just wa- peop- I just want to say like, like I don't like this plastic surgeons. They're they're I agree. peddling they're peddling so much BS and they're complicit. Like science is sometimes mm-hmm. so complicit and keeping women down, and this is an example of it. Go on, don't let me stop the right, flow. Sorry, we Well, derailed. it's more than just <laughs>
2: plastic surgery. If you think about it, like uh, the diet industry, you know, it's fueled by women's self-doubt and self-hatred, you know, body hatred. The, um, you know, medical, like uh, antidepressants, you know, when you grow up feeling so ashamed of yourself, are you going to be depressed? You bet your ass you and will, and have anxiety, and tons yeah. of anxiety, and doubt yourself because you're it's-
0: constantly uncomfortable with yourself, and society is only supporting that
2: exactly. And or even uh, one of the uh, the great religions of the world, the you know Christianity, Islam, Judaism. There's no feminine in the leadership or the God figures. So women are left out.
1: This is starting to feel like a conspiracy, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's... start starting to feel like a patriarchy around
2: here. Well, hello. (laughs) Hello, we have a sexual predator in the White House. Hello. But um, the... Stinks from the top. But let's say if we separate from that for a minute and just look at, like, how do you eradicate shame? Or how do you begin to bring the masculine and feminine into balance, which is the goal. It's not the goal for the women to take over just like the masculine has taken over in the patriarchal world culture. And and it's not even, it's the unhealthy masculine. I My boyfriend is such a healthy masculine. I know you have guys in your lives that are unbelievably caring, loving, beautiful, attentive, evolved. But the, it's the larger culture that's out of balance. So when a woman can find a way to restore her sense of self-love and self-acceptance and self-celebration, then she, the, the, the shame is eradicated. And then she becomes more and more in balance in herself. And then, you know, because women spread self-doubt like a virus. You know, if I walk into, I don't know, I'm in the kitchen and my little girl comes down the stairs for breakfast, or all my little girls, let's say, and they see me hating myself and feeling so much self-doubt and thinking I'm worthless, they'll pick up on that for me. And I won't have to educate them. I won't have to say a word to them. It's just they will pick up my perception and They're point you They're seeing it and feeling it. Exactly. And women can spread the virulent condition of self-love. Like if you just walk into a, a room, you know, or the kitchen with your little girls, and you're feeling like, Whoa, I am so hot. I am so delicious.
0: Crushing it today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And every hey, day. And girl. every day. You should have seen us in the elevator. We were dancing on our way up here in the elevator. elevator. And like, the oh, yeah. Whole gold pants, pants, gold pants. Yeah. yeah. Get it, get it.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mama Gina's here. <laughs> we do it. We did it. We did a Mama Gina dance. So good. Yeah, we were so excited. And
2: that is more powerful than you even know. Because like when – girls or women see you in that state of celebration, then they know, oh, yeah, that's possible. That's where Mm -hmm. I'm going. I'm going to follow. And it's it's like it gives them permission to do that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It just opens up free space and bandwidth where there wasn't any. And that spreads the virulent condition of self-love. So it works. Like the personal really is political. So I've been, you know, and, and I think the thing that switches, like flips the switch for a woman quicker than anything, I have a feeling you're going to agree, is when women turn on. Like when women feel turned on, they are Mm -hmm. tuned in, they are empowered, they feel fabulous. Like when you feel hot, if you feel hot, you can do anything.
1: Yeah, just watch out. Yeah. If I'm walking down the street and I'm on fire.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. Beware. Everything happens the way it
1: has to. But this is when you, I love that you use the word pussy. And it seems to fit into everything that you're saying right now. Being on fire, Mm -hmm. finding your power, Mm -hmm. just kicking shame to the curb. Um, Women supporting women. Can you just talk about your use of the word pussy a little bit? Because I know you said that you think it's like, a very powerful word, and you thought about whether your book
2: oh my should God. have
1: pussy in the so title. Me. Tell us the name of that book, and everybody has
2: to buy it. Okay. It's, I'm so proud of that book. It's called Pussy a Reclamation. Yes. And it was a New York Times bestseller, which is amazing. Amazing. Then a book called Pussy. Made it to the list. Look like, what you did. It's ridiculously amazing. <laughs> it is. It's it's so cool. You put pussy on the bestseller list. I did that. Yeah. And I then, did that. You're sitting with someone who pulled that caper yeah, off. Yeah, you pulled
1: that. <laughs> uh, not a caper. We're going to call that a coup.
2: Okay. <laughs> all right. Perhaps it was a coup. I'm in. Um, so let's see why I use that word. Uh, the word is provocative. A lot of times it pisses people off. Uh, It's a a word that has been used negatively against women and men. You know, no one wants to be called a pussy. Like if you call a man a pussy, it's like, ooh, that's like the greatest affront to his masculinity. I'll show you. Yeah.
1: (laughs) We need a world where boys are like, yeah, that's right. I'm a pussy. Yeah, (laughs) crap.
2: Exactly. 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 if you think about it, you know, uh, pussies are really enduring. They... uh, can push out babies. I mean. Like, that's for real. They, they're they limitless orgasmically. They're self-cleansing ecosystems mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, menstruate, ovulate, and tidy up all on their own with no interference. Like, they're better miracles. Better than a Roomba.
1: <laughs> <laughs> My <laughs> pussy is better than a Roomba.
2: It's so true. Don't let me break your flow, lady.
1: <laughs> Keep on.
2: <laughs> so I I knew, you know, it's like, reclaiming that word so that instead of a woman thinking that that's like the most horrible thing about her or the most horrible thing you could call her or someone for a woman to really own like I am so pussy like I am pussy and it's a way and when you own it yeah it's like a way of walking it's a way of standing in possession of your power it's a way of connecting to your deepest intuition, connecting to your turn on, which is kind of a spiritual practice as well mm-hmm. as a, a sensually alive feeling. So it's just like a really good and dirty shorthand. Plus, <laughs> you can you know you can really tell who a friend of pussy is when you unload the p bomb, because yeah. you know if somebody is like yeah. You know, oh wow, that's a pussy-friendly person. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know. We found they, each other. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: So what did your I'm just curious because I work in publishing. Did did you get pushback about that title and about because the title is kind of your mission?
2: Yeah. Totally. How did
1: how did that go when you said, I want to put this book into the world called Reclaiming Your Pussy? No, Pussy, pussy a reclamation. reclamation.
2: Yeah. I really, <laughs> I literally, I did so much work inside myself to get right with it because I was really, really scared, that when I finally decided to kind of approach publishers, uh, everybody was cool.
0: Really? That's amazing. Isn't that
2: weird? Like, I was so surprised.
0: But we go back to, right, setting that intention and, like, manifestation.
1: Yes, you're right. And And putting a hex on people. Yeah. Right? (laughs) You're going to like this title. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like with your intention you be- yeah. you probably bewitched the room uh
2: i I think that it's been like let's say a, a twenty year intention. you know what I mean like everybody i I started out really slow like in the first book, I used the word pussy, but it N- in no way, shape, or form was reflected on the cover.
1: Tell us the title of the first book, the, because
2: we all have to buy that. Yeah, too. it's so good. It's called The School of Womanly Arts. Mm. Ah. So that book had the Feels word nice, pussy in it. I'm it? study there. <laughs> yeah. That book, you were just tiptoeing into pussy exactly. for that book. Exactly. And then, uh, and, but pussy was always the book I wanted to write, but I knew at that time, like, Whatever that was, fifteen years ago, that there wouldn't be any way just I wasn't could, quite the right yeah. time. Yeah, but I think that just kind of sticking around and continuing to do the work I was doing, and plus by that time I'd I'd been on the Conan O'Brien show, and I brought my little pussy puppet on the show with him a pussy puppet yeah they have these things have a pussy puppet no you should definitely have one you would love one whitney i
0: need no you totally do you
2: do you totally do i'm getting you one yeah you should yeah they're like um these velvet and satin somebody makes them and you can get them on the internet (gasps) Ooh, and they're anatomically kind of it would be like a little pillow a little pillow and it comes couch. in a
0: beautiful box right oh really yeah i
2: don't I, some i've got i have two and i don't even know i can't remember what, what a great
0: were. gift idea
2: it's an amazing gift think idea think about it hmm. i had this student once who you know she was trying to connect with her pussy because your pussy definitely communicates to you you know uh i'm sure it was your pussy that had you decide to do the show together
1: probably i could see that a message from
2: yeah where you were just like this maybe doesn't exactly make sense, but oh, we really want to do that. Yeah, yeah. I like think, it just yeah. feels so mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. We really want to do this. So totally. pussy is kind of instructive to teach you to sort of follow your intuition I and see. follow your own magic. That's right. And it's, but it's not always easy to uh, tune in if you haven't been connected. Mm-hmm. So I ha- have had students who like buy the little pussy puppet. And they put it on their couch or their bed, and they'll like in the morning. They'll be like, "Pussy, what do you think I should wear today? Should I wear like, ooh, the, you know? Or do you think I should take the subway or cab? Should I take that job? I, I'm not. I'm. I think it's like it would look good <laughs> on my resume, but I'm not feeling it. What do you think? You know, so it's sort of a way of finding a way to tune in and connect with yourself
0: yeah and to listen to your intuition which is so huge i think that that's such a beautiful practice to be able to do regardless if it's talking to the pussy puppet puppet or like trying to tap into your soul depending on what you know how far along on the path you are yeah it's making that decision decision, and just listening. Yes. Maybe it's walking down a different way than you have gone before just because you feel some sort of draw towards that way.
2: Yeah.
1: And even sometimes we um, mystify this idea of intuition, but I was just in a car on my way down here. It's New York City. It was loud. There was a lot of traffic and the driver just turned on the news and I didn't want to hear the news. And 10 years ago, I would have just endured listening to the news in this stressful situation, but my intuition told me, like, this isn't good for me. Mm -hmm. And my pussy told him to please turn off the news (laughs) so that I could not be exposed to that. But I think there are these opportunities for intuition every day. Yeah. And it's kind of like feeling entitled to your response in a way, right?
2: Which is the subject you brought up at Twice already, Whitney, which is like the shame topic. Because when you're, when shame is in the way, you can't hear that voice, Ooh. you can't hear that intuition, right. and you don't feel right about standing for it. Right. And you would have come, you would have been pretty fried. It, you know, the news these days is very, it takes a lot of processing if you're going to do the work of listening, really paying yeah. attention to the stories. Like you have got to really. Be ready for that.
1: It's heavy. It's yeah, heavy. Totally. And even when, even the noise of it sometimes, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I go on media fast. Like I'll do ten minutes of news a day. This is taking us on a little bit of a tangent, but just it's fine. Just that sense of I'm entitled not to have to listen to this exactly. now because mm-hmm. we're in the car together. And that's
0: you, yeah. That's you also standing in your power, being like, I get to decide what my life is like Mm -hmm. i get to write my own story and if you don't want to listen to the news then just say hey sir do you mind turning the news off Mm -hmm. it's that simple and so Mm -hmm. it's like that creates opening the door for you to step more into your power instead of like closing it on yourself Mm -hmm. so basically you're teaching us there are like probably a hundred
1: opportunities for pussy power every day oh completely Completely. Could you teach us? Tell us how. Okay. I want an example of like, first of all, this idea of a school of womanly arts, I want to matriculate. Yeah. And we can, right? We can go to your school for womanly arts. But I want to know, for example, what does, how do I bring courtesan energy and pussy energy into my life, you know, every day, aside from saying, Please, I'd like to not listen to <laughs> yeah.
0: that. How do we power up me, these? Pussies. What are
1: some of the ways that you go through your day, or you coach women, teach women to go through their day using? What is cortisone energy, and is it the same as pussy energy? And just the tell same. us how to use it.
2: It's totally the same. Yeah, and it it's uh, keying into and paying attention to your pleasure and your joy as the highest value. Ooh. Yeah, and because women, we don't do that. We have been told that our hard work or serving others is our highest value. Serving, you know, to making sure the kids get fed, and then you just end up eating the chicken finger leftovers. Like, oh it happens. It happens. You just, I'm just so, so sorry. My life. <laughs> <laughs> and it, but it's like choosing to tune the dial into what is it that will elevate me to feeling so good about myself. And it takes a lot of... It's not like work, work. It's just simply that we don't have a lot of value on it in the culture. So it takes a lot of vigilance. Like pleasure is really a discipline. Ooh, can you say that again? Yeah. Pleasure is a discipline. It's a practice. Like it's so easy to have a miserable life. You do nothing Mm -hmm. and you will have a miserable life. But to have a pleasurable life, like a gratifying life, a life where you're so filled up, you have so much to give to others, that is a practice. And it's a practice that one of the reasons that I teach my courses is so that women have a community to practice in. Because let's say I go, because there's an online component to the work, and let's say I'm having a bad day, but I go online and I see another woman saying something like, last night... I got my girlfriend to give me a beautiful bath and she put rose petals in the tub and she had a glass of champagne for me and she read to me uh, erotic poetry while I was in the tub. Then like you'll hear that idea and you'll see... I could do that with my boyfriend, mm-hmm. or I could do that with my husband. Yeah. I'm gonna just send him this and say, "Hey, baby, tonight when you get home, can you draw me a bath, and pour me a little glass of something bubbly? And I have this great book, and I'd love you to read me one of the erotic stories." Like, yeah. we start to share ideas with each other that aren't just about um, going to work, right? Taking care of the kids or the flu I just had. Aww. but they're about how do I continually elevate and take my practice as a woman higher? Because we don't it, it we it all seems like that's so self-indulgent and greedy and self-absorbed, but it really isn't because let's say uh, last night I um at the end of the day I was, uh, I'd, I'd worked out. I was tired. My uh, Maggie, my daughter, came home and uh, I said, you know, I can't wait to catch up with you. Mommy's got to take a bath. So I had just gotten like a new novel and I put the Epsom salt in the tub, yes. lit the candles. Oh, and
0: I yeah. had like a
2: few minutes of soak and read. And then I was like really able to like catch up with her, hear and about her day at school. And connect and be
0: open and yes. like receive and give. And it becomes like this beautiful connection.
2: Exactly. Whereas
0: before you're kind of like clouded and you Depleted have all this stuff me. and you're tired and you're like, ugh.
2: Yeah, exactly. But
1: I can see how this is a complete shift in mindset to prioritize your pleasure. Because mm-hmm. especially when you put motherhood in it and career in it. Right. Um, and to your point that we're supposed to serve other people. Mm-hmm. Like what a beautiful radical idea! Put your pleasure first. I always tell women to do it about sex, but you're talking about something more radical, like in your whole life. In your whole life, mm-hmm. elevate the status of pleasure.
2: Yeah. Completely. Okay. How
1: do you do that when you when you're walking down the street? How do you put your pleasure front and center? Or when you're how else going throughout your day? I love the bathtub one.
2: I think what I have found that's really diminished my pleasure a lot has been cell phones.
1: Ooh. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Everything mm. Mama Gina says is going right
2: to my heart. <laughs> oh, like I just cannot, like when I'm multitasking, I can't feel myself. And I just came True. back from Paris. Oh, oh the oh. capital Love, of pleasure. Oh, and people there are not on their cell phones to the degree that we are. And I found like so much more flirtation happens. Ooh, I love that. Because people are not always like this. Well, And and I think it, I haven't, you know, I live in New York City. So I see a lot of people with this. And I just think that you can't um, have those kinds of flirty, fun, sexy connections that are so enlivening. Because one of the elements that keeps women feeling really, really good is attention.
0: Ooh, and if say we it.
2: Feel, feel attention starved, yeah. then we just are not as cheerful as we might right. be. If Plus, we we'll just
0: go on our phones because we can take our attention onto this and say, right. of- anything else.
2: Exactly. My
0: husband makes fun of me that whenever we come back from a trip to Europe, he says,
1: oh, now you're going to have that little dip of depression because you don't like the way men in the United States don't look at you and women in the United States don't Mm -hmm. look at you the way Mm -hmm. men and women look at you in Europe. Mm -hmm. It's true. New York is not a flirtatious no, not city. Somehow, people think we're a super sexy city, no, not and they at all. come here and think it's yeah. Gotham, and we have all this great stuff, and we our Levitos are driving the city. But <laughs> your point about Paris is so—I feel it
2: so deeply. So it's, deeply,
1: isn't female pleasure elevated to an art form Completely. in France?
2: Completely, and
1: you're doing that here.
2: To the best of my ab- ability, you know, and it's uh, and it, it's in it's so much easier in Europe because meals are mm. for real. They are things that we don't do on our way to doing other things. So I try my very best, like always, at dinner when I have dinner with my boyfriend and my kid or myself. I always light candles. I always set the table. I always use cloth napkins because I'm trying to also, you know, think about. I'm trying to go zero plastic. But it's very hard. So hard. Oh, it's, it's really so hard. But I'm. But every day is an effort. Um, and then uh, I will, you know, will like. There's no cell phone at the table. Like just little tiny steps like yeah. that. Like the sacred pleasure. Help. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You're respecting that meal as a source of pleasure. You're not letting other stuff interfere.
2: Yeah. And you have to be relentless. Like, it really is a discipline. You know, that's why I was so excited when you told me you were using your time in this neighborhood to shop and you found Gucci. Oh, my God. Because that is (laughs) a (laughs) motherland. Hello, Gucci. And it's giant. Yeah, and it's so much fun oh, to just be surrounded by beauty. Like, it, it fuels. Is. And it in New York City, good. we don't have a lot of nature, but we have Gucci.
1: We don't have nature, but we have <laughs> culture, people. We have fashion. We do. And, like, essential oils mm-hmm. and we all
2: have lot of What are the things that I you hope. do? Like, what do you do for your, like, little pleasure practices? Well, you
1: were a big influence on me. I'm glad. When I dress now, I had the pleasure of interviewing Ma- Mama Gina recently. Like, at another busy time in your life, it was the holiday season. You had me over to your house, and I was so inspired by your home. Her home is this beautiful space. It feels pleasurable. It feels um sacred and it feels beautiful
2: that's so and nice thank you that inspired mm-hmm. me
1: to get rid of some stuff in my home that was it If it, it just felt cluttered and I said is some people say does it spark joy I say is this a beautiful thing Mm-hmm. And you inspired me in that way. You also inspired me when I interviewed you. We talked about just the act of getting dressed every day. And I love that you have uh, women who work with you who talk to their pussy puppet about what to wear every day <laughs> yeah. because you inspired me to dress for pleasure. Mm-hmm. I was dressing to make an impression. I was dressing for function. I mean, I've always loved fashion. You love Gucci. I'm a Prada-holic. So, oh, really? But yeah, but, oh. but I have started dressing more for fun and to give myself pleasure. I used to dress to give other people pleasure. And mm-hmm. think I, that's a huge point. And by the way, huge it's, point. Fun, it's fun to own your power that like, oh, I'm a heterosexual woman and I can dress to give lesbian and bisexual women pleasure and I can dress to give straight men pleasure. I also like to dress to give gay men pleasure. Mm-hmm. Like nothing mm-hmm. gives me more pleasure than props from gay men. Oh, my God, right. (laughs) But the ultimate dressing to give myself pleasure switched my whole mindset. Oh,
2: that's beautiful. Yeah. So getting dressed every day is a big part of what I do. Mm -hmm. And it also is something that's not really dependent on budget. You know, we're talking Prada Gucci here. But but you can get high on Prada Gucci without buying anything from Prada Gucci. You can do – like when I was first starting out and I did not have two nickels to rub together, I went – like my first Mama Gina outfit was pink pajamas that were those little Chinese pajamas that I got for 20 bucks at a thrift store. So it's choosing, it's like making the decision to say, okay, within the frame that I'm working right now, what is it that can uh, be... Like, how can I choose to elevate myself right. so that I feel amazing? Right. Mm-hmm. And there's a way to do that no matter w- what budget line you're talking about. You can always have fun with wardrobe, with baths, with candles, with food, with... You can always make it delicious for yourself.
1: Right. It's your right mm-hmm. without spending a lot of money on it. I mean, just spending the time, right? That's it. It's time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah and giving it to yourself. hmm
2: Yeah.
0: What's the range of, like, age demographic that you work with usually?
2: Um, women from really 18 is the youngest I will take. Uh, and then my oldest participants are probably in their 80s. Wow. Uh, although my mom works for me, and she's in her 90s. Go mom, um, <laughs> man. She comes because she's, like, the, she – uh, is the bubby or the grandma. And there's times like this work is really provocative and it can be very emotionally, you know, when you realize that you have not had access to your power. There's so much anger and so much grief that accompanies that recognition when you step into it for the first time. So my mom is there to help women who need mm. like a little lap and have their hair stroked and say, you you're gonna be okay. You got this. And and she pushes him back. Because it in the room comes again. from
0: just like the frustration yes. of I had a no idea I had oh, access yeah, to years. this beauty. Yeah, I've yeah. been living under basically this veil or this cap. Yes. That you said. Exactly. And once you bust through that, it's beautiful, but like, oh shit.
2: Exactly.
0: One woman uh, told
1: me that going to your mastery class and getting into what you do was like she had also gone on antidepressants and she said that when she went on an antidepressant she said why she looked back at her life without being on an ssri which for her is helpful and for a lot of people is and said how could i have waited so long and she said she had the same feeling when she started working with you working your program doing the things that you were helping her do she said it was like Why did I wait? And I love that you're doing it for women, like, from 18
0: to their 80s. Yeah, I think that's absolutely beautiful.
1: Uh, Because too too often we think that the women who care about pleasure are the ones who, like, give us visual pleasure in this really narrow range, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, all women are entitled to pleasure.
2: It's Mm -hmm. our right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I mean, you have… Uh, that just—it's our physiology. We each have eight thousand nerve endings dedicated to pleasure,
1: and that's just the little part that you can, part you can see with your naked eye. Exactly,
2: exactly. So it's uh, you know part of living the design of being woman means that pleasure is part of your design, and if you're not making time for it or acknowledging it, you're not really living the fullness of what the experience of being woman could be. Mm-hmm. So it's it's key and it's a game changer and it's I also get a lot of women who are survival survival, survival survivors, survivors <laughs> yes yeah, survivors thank you of sexual abuse physical abuse emotional abuse of uh, trauma in some way because it's really when you reclaim your pleasure your pussy it is a way of just reorganizing your entire being. So uh, I have a, a tremendous amount of women who've had those experiences and have come to mastery to re, uh, kind of re-examine and move through the depth and breadth of the grief and heartbreak. Because part of owning your pussy, it's not just about the discipline of pleasure. It's about feeling every drop of what it means to be alive. Your rage, your grief, your endless frustration, your jealousy, it's about like filling out all 88 keys of the emotional piano that a woman is. Because most of us were taught, you know, be sugar and spice and everything nice. Mm -hmm. And that's what little girls are made of. And we get a lot of criticism for... Have you ever had people say, oh, you're too emotional? Only a oh, thousand yeah. billion times, right? Oh, you, you know, you don't have to go there. You know, just like pull yourself together. Do you have
1: PMS? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, I do. And you know what? Get out of the way because it's rocket fuel.
2: Exactly. <laughs> That's Which one it of the keys is.
1: on my piano.
2: That's it. That's <laughs> it. And so instead of you know women having to make themselves smaller, we have a whole weekend where we're really exploring the dark side of woman and celebrating that, so she can. Embody it and feel everything and she was meant to feel.
0: Okay to feel all of that. It's okay to feel it's sad amazing. and jealous, and yes. we have all of these feelings. It's normal.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: And to bless that,
2: right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it, and it's also it's like it's going to sound a little weird, but it's fun, like to feel how overcome with grief you are. About your breakup, then suddenly all the breakup songs make sense to you. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh my God, there's that song again. And it puts you in this mood of losing that lover, that boyfriend, that girlfriend. Like it's it's it makes your life more rich, not to just have a vanilla life, but mm-hmm. have really complex, emotional, huge life. Yeah. We all want that.
1: Yeah, we all want depth. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's scary to
2: just So scary. <laughs> connect. It is so scary as, because you could get overtaken. You know, the fear, because we don't have a lot of experience because, of course, our moms didn't model for us, you know. Uh, so we to really feel like, whoa, I am going there. Like I have fallen and I can't get up. Like to really feel like I can do that and I can trust myself to just lose it And that I will find my way back. That's what really allows a woman to transform. It's almost like her grief or her heartbreak or the broken parts of her are fertilizer for her what's next. Mm. They kind of are the mulch that allows her to transform. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So we have a huge... You know, you'd think pussy, oh, it's just la, 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 la. It's not. It's,
1: it's there's some sorrow in there, so and
2: some much grief and some anger, rage, everything, everything, everything. You can't be a woman alive today and not be pissed.
0: True. Amen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Gonna happen.
1: Yeah, that's only. Yeah, if we just talked about pussy power as pink and uplifting and in a good mood and pleasure, we're missing part of the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how you're reframing like that female rage can be part of our pleasure, mm-hmm. like getting in touch with it, mm-hmm. being
2: full. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm, sh- I'm sure like you've used rage, haven't mm-hmm. you, to really like, you know, in your communications, like sometimes it's necessary to turn the volume up to be heard. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. And that's the main thing, right? People want to be heard. But for me, when it comes to being emotional and I have anger and jealousy, a lot of the times when I just break down, it's so cleansing. And it creates so much space mm-hmm. in my mental and emotional being to live, you know. Yeah. Instead of pushing it down and holding it and putting up these walls and these barriers and pretending like everything's okay and then a smile and then I'm not mm-hmm. really connecting with anybody anyway. Instead of just like, oh fuck, I this is, I just want to break down and cry. Like, mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. Let those tears completely cleanse you.
2: Hmm. Yeah. So well said.
0: It's really cleansing to cry.
1: And I, I feel so lucky that um, I have boys and I remember one of the things I was taught as a parent, don't say, especially to your boys, don't say, don't cry. I feel so bad that sort of heterosexism keeps that tool away from boys and men, the crying tool. Mm-hmm. It's a really good one. Mm-hmm. It is. It really works. Um, my husband cries at movies. He sits down Aww. and he just starts to cry. I love that. Aubrey about. cries in movies too. He does.
0: We saw the best movie last night, The Upside, I think is what it was called. Oh, wow. We just watched it here at the hotel room. It is amazing. I'm so glad feel to that. Feel good movie. I love a feel good movie. This we one, need, you guys watch it's it. It's in the arsenal. The <gasps> Upside.
2: Thank okay. you. I'm
1: putting it in there.
2: Thank you. Because it's, I, I, you know, life is so intense. Anytime you can have like a two hour upside, yep. you want to have that.
0: Yeah.
1: You want to give yourself that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, put it in there.
0: I feel like this is my upside moment right now. Thank you, you guys. And thank you so much for joining us. I know you you. have- so many things going She's on.
1: She's <laughs> really basically in the middle of a
2: raging rock concert. And pretty she much, came here.
1: Pretty much. This rock star came here in well, the middle. You well,
2: know, it's all about connection. And we had such an amazing connection, which I value so deeply and so happy to meet you. Yes, so happy to, to meet to you. And to experience this beginning of this beautiful adventure that you're on together. Thank you for being a part of it.
1: Thank you Mine so much life. for being with us today. And I can guarantee knowing it firsthand, this woman, Mama Gina,
2: will change. Your life.
0: Mm. Mm. Um, And then tell people where they can find you, how they can follow you, your workshops.
2: Okay, let's say they can. I'm Mama Gina's on Instagram, uh, Mama Gina's School of Womanly Arts uh, on Facebook, and you can go to my website. and There's all kinds of beautiful things there. I do weekly blogs that are amazing, and uh, everything is on the website.
1: And if people want to do your coursework, I don't like to call it coursework because that makes it sound so. If they want to come to the Pussy Rock concert, Pussy Rock (laughs) concert,
2: go to the website.
1: Okay, great. Gina, you're such an inspiration. Thank Thank you for being here with us today. My
2: pleasure.